Welcome to the Breakthrough Advisor Podcast. In this podcast, we inspire advisors with ideas and pathways to break through barriers and build a thriving retirement income business. We will interview innovative technology developers, business leaders, and successful advisors, then help you organize and execute these ideas to move your business forward. Hello, this is Jack Martin with InsureMark. I want to thank you for joining us for today's Breakthrough Advisor podcast. Uh, I couldn't be happier to have Matt Halloran from Proudmouth with us. Um, Matt has a huge background with financial advisors from a coaching perspective, from a marketing perspective, uh, and he is the, the guru of podcasting. He does a great job of helping our advisors manage that new, uh, ever expanding, uh, opportunity for communication. Welcome, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me, Jack. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So uh, we're at the the forefront of 2022, and as we start to to think about that and 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 talk uh, with, with our advisors, what what kinds of things come come to mind for you that they should have on on top of the mind, top of their to do list, things to to really make 2022 a great year for them? What kind of things jump out at you? I think I think the big thing is that things have fundamentally changed. You can resist that all you want, but what has fundamentally changed is how people want to have a relationship with their advisor. The advisors, in my opinion, and Jack, you and I have been in this industry for quite a while, were always in the driver's seat. They controlled when they met with their clients. They controlled the, the kind of communication, and it was usually emails, like a quarterly or maybe a semi-annual market update. I mean, that old school thinking has just dissolved. And if you're still thinking that way and marketing and communicating in that way, people are going to come in, they're going to steal your clients by providing them with more accessible communication, more frequent communication, more valuable communication. Um, because as, and, and for those of you who don't know this, uh, in the, under the hood of podcasting, we have conversations before we ever hit record so that Jack and I know what we're going to talk about. And one of the things that Jack brought up, um, that he's paying a lot of attention to right now is, is uncertainty. Right. And so in periods of uncertainty, this is the opportunity for you as an advisor to grow exponentially if you are the person who makes these clients or prospects feel that you have a solution to the uncertain times that we live in. Great point. And for the last uh, couple of years, we've all been talking about digital this, virtual that, and so on. Uh, and and really, that that's an old conversation to have. Mm-hmm. The, the The conversation today is about uh, client expectations and w- what I'm calling uh, the experience economy. All mm-hmm. right. So uh, on my phone at four o'clock on Saturday afternoon, I, I get a message, a notification from Domino's that says it's time to order pizza. Okay? Okay, and if if I'm a financial advisor, and once a year I send an email to my client saying, "Hey, it's time to get together to talk about your financial planning," I am so far out of their their off their radar. It's not even funny, and and so the leveraging of technology to communicate is is not only table stakes, but as you say, it's an opportunity in in a period of uncertainty to capture market share. Anytime there's disruption going on, any 
anytime people are uncertain, anytime they, they've lost their true north when it comes to direction economically, financially, retirement-wise, they're looking for help. And they're looking for that person. There was a, I forget the name of the guy, but he he developed this concept and he said, if I'm in the spear removal business, I, I want that guy who takes the spear in the chest to remember my name. Okay. And and yeah. it, when he takes that spear in the chest, he knows who to call. And and yep. really that's the level of engagement and communication you need to have. And that level of communication engagement takes a lot of data, takes a lot of yeah. personalization, right? You right. can't you can't just say, I'm gonna do a market update newsletter this month and I'm gonna send it to all 250 of my clients and expect that that's gonna resonate. Well, you use table stakes, right? And that was table stakes, a weekly market commentary, a monthly conference call, all of those things. Yeah, that's like marketing like it's the 1900s, as my kids would say, uh, to remind me how old I am on a regular <laughs> basis. But things have fundamentally changed. Your ideal client and your and your ideal prospects, they want to access you when it's convenient for them, Jack. That's the difference. And that's so true. Uh, we, we need to meet them where they are, not try and force them to, to conform to our business model. So they may not be a nine to five consumer of content. Uh, which is the the genius behind podcasting, right? 24-7 access in manageable bites, driving uh, to work stuck on I-95 in Virginia in the snowstorm for crying out loud, who knows? So so all that's good stuff. And and the experience economy, I think, is one one thing that that is as financial advisors we need to have on our radar. Um, it, uh, Tom Standage, uh, who's the uh, chief uh, editor-in-chief at the, the Economist, said this year may be the most in uncertain financial of the last decade. And that that's really striking if you think about it. We've just come out of two years of COVID. And, and to say 2022 may be the most uncertain is an eye-opening statement to me. With great crisis means that there's great opportunity. In fact, the, the, the Chinese don't have a word for crisis and opportunity. It's basically crisis-tunity. It's one word, right? It's, it's if you are going to start getting your voice out into the marketplace on whatever medium you want to do that, it's the time to do it. Because here's the deal. If you're not doing it, the Ken Fishers of the world, the Eric Edelmans of the world, the Dave Ramseys of the world, the Susie Ormans of the world, they're all screaming at the top of their lungs, telling your ideal clients and prospects wrong information, right? They're still doing the same dog and pony show. And if you have something that's contrarian to who they are and what they're saying, you it is your I believe it is your professional responsibility to start singing your praises from your own mountaintop. Now, podcasting, we believe is very, very easy to execute. But if you want to use video, if you want to use blogs, if you want to go out into the world, which very few people seem to do anymore, and start you know, talking about the woes of Susie Orman from a street corner, I don't care how you do it. You just need to do it because you have to rise above the noise. That that raises a good good point. Doing good marketing is hard work. It's work. It, it's hard work. And um, the the first step is to figure out why you're different. Why should I do business with you instead of your competitor down the street? Question number one. And if you can't answer that question, don't go to question number two. So uh, and and to get the answer to that question, there's there's also a little bit of a risk you got to take. 
because yeah. you have to be different. You can't fit in. You can't say, I do holistic planning. I've got 22 years. I'm a, I'm a fiduciary. We, we talk to your CPA, yada, yada. That, that doesn't differentiate. That, that, that's just blah is the way it comes across to the consumer, right? It is. It's just noise. But Jack, here's the greatest solution to all of that. Oscar Wilde said, you might as well be yourself because everyone else is taken. <laughs> and what I have found is the people who give themselves permission to be themselves in this marketplace, they have no competition because people want to connect with you as a human before they care anything about your alphabet soup after your name, the products and services that you offer, your rates of return, your whatever. They don't care about that. They want to know you. So how do you give yourself position, permission to be yourself in this world? That if the, In 2022, Jack, if I could wave a magic wand, and I used to have this Mont Blanc pen when I used to do this, but I had this magic Mont Blanc pen and it was my magic wand. And I used to say, look, the wish that I have this year is that everybody would give themselves the permission to just be themselves. And if you do that, it's so much bigger than just podcasting or marketing it's better for you personally professionally spiritually relationally because then you can actually figure out how to separate yourself from the schmuck down the street that's just the reality of the situation you're all doing roughly the same thing people want to buy your brand get your brand out there and give yourself permission to have that brand be you maybe it's not the flip side of it maybe it is uh and the clients feel the same way uh, yeah. They don't want to be treated like a, a number. No. Uh, they they want you to communicate with them. In a perfect world, it's a one-to-one -one conversation. And the, the closer you get to a one-to-one -one conversation with prospects and clients, the quicker you're going to make that connection, the quicker you're going to, the more engagement you're going to get, the faster you're going to get to a conversion. And so, so the whole subject of personalization, I mean, how do you deliver personalized service, right? I mean, does one financial plan fit all? Uh, does one product solution fit all? Does one office style visit fit all? Does one website for all people over age 65 who want to retire, does that make any sense in, in 2022? It doesn't. And, and the biggest problem, I think, is that there's still a philosophy in, in people out there preaching, Jack, that you need to, anybody who can fog a mirror as a prospect, you can't communicate to everyone. When you are marketing specifically, you have to have your ideal client in mind, in your mind's eye, when you're writing, when you're podcasting, when you're blogging, when you're shooting video, you should intentionally feel like you are talking to that ideal client. Because what happens is, is that ideal client feels like you are you not from a third party screen or through your headphones they feel like you are talking to them that's how we solve that problem jack because you can't tailor and customize absolutely everything to each individual client but that ideal client that you have you have to give yourself permission to be yourself and you have to know who you're talking to. And if you get those two things, doesn't matter what year it is, those people that all of you look up to on stage at all of these conferences that are the top producers, those are the two things I guarantee you that they do. Well, there's three, but one of them is that they've given themselves permission to be their own self. So they are only in competition with themselves. Number two, they know exactly who their ideal client is. And the third thing is that they spend money on marketing because they know that it is the right thing to do. And it's the way that they grow their business. And some of them, in fact, we had a client recently, he spends 30% of gross 
gross on marketing and he's over a, he's a multi-million dollar producer wow that's amazing that's amazing. Uh, so, so it's interesting if you if you do dive a little deeper into that that concept of the ideal client profile, what you, where you land is somewhere around niche marketing. That's correct. Uh, and if you if you find the the segment of people that you want to deal with, if you find that segment of people that work well with you, and you start to communicate with them based on their needs and so on, there are lots of benefits that come from that. For instance, Kitsis Group surveyed their their producers last year, and at the end of the year, what they found was those firms that were niche focused were growing at a hundred percent faster rate than those that weren't. Yay, so so you, you, you can be, I, I mean, that that's an aha moment, right? I mean, you can be jack of all trades or you can be focused on a particular market. If you're focused on a market that people are looking for advice from someone that's a specialist, okay. I'm looking for a, a neurosurgeon. I'm not looking for an, a, a general practitioner if I have a back situation. Um, so personalization, niche, uh, ideal client prospect, all of those are things that are a little bit scary to do because it means that you've got to take a step forward. You, but you've it's got to not be a light switch, though. So, the, so it's it's funny because uh, you know I do all of the the discovery calls for all new prospects uh, through through us here at Proudmouth, and a lot of times when I ask that question, you know, people will say, "Well, Matt, you know, that means I have to turn off everything else I'm doing." And no, you don't. You can have congruent marketing, but what you're going to find is that niche, that niche that you're focusing on, is going to be where you want to market because they are the people that you love to work with so many people back in my coaching days i remember people standing up on stage and saying all of you want more of your ideal clients but none of you are doing the work to attract those ideal clients none of you are focusing your website your communication your client communication your brand your taglines your summaries all of the, the the manifesto of who you are and your mission and vision all of that needs to start focusing and you can do that by still trying to sell stuff to anything that'll fog a mirror, but really quickly, you're going to stop doing that because here's the deal. And I used these names earlier, but the big people that are out in the marketplace that are spewing a lot of misinformation, you're never going to outspend Ken Fisher. You're never going to outspend Rick Edelman. You're never going to get the attention of Susie Orman because they're marketing to the masses. If you really hyper-focus, and by the way, women is not a niche or a niche. They're 51% of the population. They're actually the majority, right? A retirees is not a niche because there's 500 million of them or whatever it is. I don't know how you probably know that number, Jack, uh, but there's so many of them. You need to really focus on something and then take it one level more. So if you want to focus on women, that's fantastic. Focus on women who are small business owners who have five to 25 employees who have a 401k who really want to make sure that they sell their business in 10 years. That's a niche because when you start mass communicating, they're going to feel like you're talking to them. And that's when you can scale your message and actually have your marketing work for you while you're sleeping. Entrepreneurship with women is up 115% over the last two years. It, it is a huge, fast growing marketplace. And so if you start to think about, okay, so I've got messaging that's going in there. I've got a service model that's going in there. Uh, I've got a communication model that's targeting, and I'm not excluding anyone else, but I'm just laser focused uh, in my marketing initiatives. I've done the work. 
one of the key metrics that comes out of that is more client satisfaction. More client satisfaction means more referrals. A couple of our friends, Julie Littlechild and, and Megan Carpenter, talk about referrals as a percentage of your revenue stream. And they benchmark about 40% is what a uh, good well-built financial advisors, customer experience is going to generate. So if you're focused, if you're doing the service model, doing the communication, doing the marketing, you can expect a lot of referrals to come your way. And and Matt, how much do you pay for a referral? Well, see, nobody ever breaks not that the, stuff not down. the thirty, not right. the thirty percent, right? Well, no, not at all. I I think it's really funny because I just was on a call before you and I got on today, and of course the the gentleman immediately I I don't know if this is a posturing thing or whatever, but he said, you know, Matt, I need to know the ROI on this investment. I was like, okay, there's five things I want you to think about, and he's like, okay, five. I was like, yeah, five ROI. See, you're just thinking of one ROI. I want to talk about five. The first one is that you know any content that you create has intrinsic value on its own right? So the podcasts, the videos, those things have a value for your investment. Number two, right? Uh, client retention. <laughs> We're talking about massive uncertainty here, everybody. If you all think that you're going to be at 98% client, re- client retention without doing something differently, you're crazy. Three, share of wallet. So many of you don't have all of your clients' money. <laughs> you just know that. 75% of you have your clients have another advisor at least, at least one, if not two, right? Okay, number three, referability. Jack, you just hit that, right? If you actually utilize your marketing successfully in the ways that smart people teach, like Julie and Megan and lots of other people, Jill Addis, I mean, there's all these great people out there. If you have great marketing, your referability goes up because it's convenience. Here's the problem. What can I do to have you tell me your five closest work associates? You can't say that stuff anymore, guys, because people think it's yucky and it's salesy. But what you can say is, hey, you know what? I just did a podcast that's talking about female entrepreneurs that's grown 110% since the since the you know COVID has hit. Do you know any other female entrepreneurs who might find this valuable? That's a referral ask today. And that's where you're gonna start bringing in more business. And then the last one is net new assets. If you market to a niche successfully and you start doing the things that smart people tell you to do, you're going to bring in new business and it's going to be nice new business with clients who really like you and value you. And they're going to come in. And this is my favorite part, Jack. They come in and they're ready to buy. You don't have to sell them anything because they've already consumed all of your stuff. They know who you are, what you do, what makes you unique when it was convenient for them. So that six meetings closing system goes down to two because they come in and they're like, look, I I just have a couple of questions. I'm sure you've podcasted or that you've written an article or shot a video on this before, but you know what? Hey, can you answer these for me? And then the last one is the closing and the transfer meeting. Excellent. Excellent. Um, And uh, it's, we, we talk a lot about this concept of alpha. Al- alpha is the value that you add. If I'm an investment manager and the market goes up 15%, my fund goes up 15%, I've added zero alpha. I deserve a zero fee. If I, instead, the market goes up 15 and my fund goes up 20%, I got a 5% alpha and I'm a star. No one can touch that. So what alpha are you as an advisor adding to the relationship with your client today? What what alpha as you as an advisor adding to your business today? So that that's those are those are heavy heavy questions. And so the the first thing I think the biggest alpha that you're adding 
is convenience. I don't know if that qualifies for your alpha, Jack, but for me, that's a big alpha because that is not what's happened in our industry before. You're talking about 20%, you know, that the market returns and you give five, you get 5% or you get 25%, there's a 5% spread. The problem is right now is there is no baseline where anybody has any idea what the, eff the efficacy of their marketing is. So having a real alpha here is really difficult, but we know that if you can put out convenient, easily to consume information that they're going to consume in their quiet time to continue to build and maintain a relationship with you, that's real alpha because it is something above and beyond anybody else is doing in this industry. Is that alpha-ish enough for you? It's alpha-ish. Yes. <laughs> alpha-ish enough. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's all good. Uh, so, so in my mind, the takeaways are do the work. Do the work. Okay. Do the work. Figure out why you're different. Figure out who you're going to talk to, who's going to value your service. What's another good takeaway from today, Matt? Well, I, I really think that that what we're talking about is going to be table stakes way sooner than all of you expect. I think the industry, especially with the new SEC rules, uh, with with uh, what's going to be coming down the pipeline, by the way, from FINRA, I think later, later this year about social media uh, and about how you can communicate with your clients, I think there's going to be some major changes changes because the industry needs to do that. So I think that a lot of what we're talking about is going to be table stakes and you better start depositing money into this karmic pool of relationship building with your clients. Cause if you're not other people are going to do it. And that's the thing. One of the clients that, or the prospects that I was just talking to Jack, he said to me, well, Matt doesn't all don't all financial advisors have a podcast. And I said, well, man, I'd be richer than <laughs> richer than rich if they did. Um, but no, so we got about 400,000 reps. Is that about right? Yeah. Okay, so out of 400,000 reps, we there might be 10,000 advisors who are actively podcasting. I don't even know if it's that large. I, the third thing I would say is focus on the customer experience. Yeah. That that that's an important way to differentiate. It's an important way that you're going to get the client testimonials that you can use in your social media, that you can use to get good Google reviews, that you can use to get good SEO, that you can use to get leads off your website. Um, that customer experience is going to generate more referrals for you, which is is a super high ROI object. Uh, so, you know, I, th those are the three things I would say we need to focus yeah. on uh, in 2022. Well, Matt, great job. Thank you Thanks, very brother. much. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate the time. Thanks, folks. See you next time. Don't forget to check out uh, our other episodes of the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of InsureMark. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.